The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcast belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU Podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. What's up, Flipboard fam? This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey, and I'm here with the incomparable Stacey Boudry. And in this episode, we discuss how many teachers have started to use TikTok to engage their students. In this episode of the Flipboard EDU podcast, we speak with Brooke Pavick, a 2020 high school graduate who engages students of all ages with interesting historical facts on TikTok. Her 60-second videos about Julius Caesar, the former emperor of Rome, have become instant classics. We also talk about Brooke's inspiration for the videos and her aspiration to get a PhD in history. She already has been featured in Time Magazine, BuzzFeed, and the History Channel. This future history professor's resume is already impressive, and she has the foundation to keep the history alive for the next generation. So without further ado, let's communicate, collaborate, and educate with the best educators in the world right here on Flipboard EDU Podcast. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey, and I'm here with the incomparable Stacy Boudry. Hello, hello, hello. Always good to be back. <laughs> uh, always good to be back. And we have an amazing guest with us here today. I have her as a TikTok teacher. Her TikTok name is Slavic Caesar and Brooke. Brooke, what is your what is your last name? Pavic. Brooke Pavic. I probably didn't say that right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> All right, Brooke, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm a history major currently at the University of South Florida. Uh, my dream is to get my doctor in history to enter my doctorate program in the next couple of years. I love history. I love what I do on TikTok. And I've been doing it for over a year now. It all started at first with uh, kind of trying to take AP exams and kind of make it easier for kids to learn through TikTok. But then it morphed into, you know, just doing lessons that kids have never really heard of before, things that schools have never really taught. So I now do less on kind of meany stuff and more kind of do uh, stuff that kids don't know of that are kind of interesting and appeals to them. Uh, like during February, I had like a torture history kind of thing that they were really interested in. So kind of making history kind of fun again. Yes. And your TikToks are very animated. Um, we actually were looking at them. Uh, I know that you got tweeted also by the History Channel took one of your TikToks and made you a meme out of it. Is that was that was that what it was? Yeah, <laughs> I think that one. I'm trying to remember that one. That was the League of Nation one. I didn't even know that they originally tweeted me until like months later. And I was so surprised. But I've been recognized by History, by Time Magazine, BBC and BuzzFeed. OK, gotcha. wow. Impressive. Yes, that's that's pretty you. amazing. Uh, and so I want to get into. OK, let me tell you just what what my whole thing is. I'm very passionate about teaching and learning. Why are you so passionate about teaching history and students learning history? I guess 
I've always wanted kids to really like history more. Uh, I never was taught history in middle school. I went to a real uh, Catholic school that never really actually taught us history. Uh, so I had my first experience with history, actually my freshman year, jumping right into AP world history. I was just really inspired by it. But all the other kids I would see around me would fall asleep in class. And then they would fail their AP exam. And so I've always wanted to like help out kids kind of see history in a better light because there's so many fun stories in history, so many interesting stories that we, I mean, I guess schools will look past and kids will look past. And there's just so many ways to make history fun and to kind of keep kids, you know, learning. And I think the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because of how kind of history has changed me originally going in, never having a history class to all of a sudden going into a history class. And now it's my major all of a sudden. I mean, I guess like four or five years later, but I guess I think more kids would be interested in it if it was presented to them in a less boring manner. I couldn't agree more. I think that's a a great way to look at it. And and the way you do it is so unique and so on target to what kids like to watch. That's what I want. I kind of want to like have teenagers, especially interact with it. Because I guess I've seen, I've been to many history classes, but I've had, I've been to so many classes where kids are just, you know, passed out all around me. And then they fail all their tests and they always went to me for tutoring. I was like the big history tutor at my school. And I always try to put it in kind of like a fun manner doing, I had a history website where I made memes and stuff to try to help them understand. And when that didn't work, I was like, let's make a TikTok and like try to get that to get kids to work. And I just think that kids would do better in the class and be more passionate about even just reading history and watching history documentaries if they saw how interesting it was. Do you have a good teacher that taught you that or what made, like what, what inspired you to take it in the form in which you do? Because your TikToks are very theme oriented. Like for each month, like you go through like some really good themes. And I've, I I didn't know some of the stuff about Julius Caesar, but I think is one of your favorite people. Yes. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I've had really good history teachers. Um, I went to an IB school. So a lot of the teachers were really like, I mean, my history classes were rigorous. Like we had to do a lot of homework assignments and stuff and essays, DBQs and research papers for IB. So they were really rigorous, but. I loved my teachers in general. They were really in, they always were open to talk to me. But I think also kind of finding like there was a boost in like history memes on Instagram. And I remember getting really like inspired by that because I was like, I love these history memes on Instagram and I love my teachers and talking about them. And then I was like, I could do the same thing, but put it on TikTok and make more of like a theatrical performance of it versus just like a meme. And I kind of like got all the inspiration together and just started picking for my AP notes and making history videos of that. Well, I was watching your TikTok and I was like, how the heck does she know all that? Like, you sli- it don't even look like you're reading it. So all that is yeah. like coming from your brain? Yes. I read constantly for one thing. I am a huge reader. I, my entire shelf right now is full of books, especially with Julius Caesar. I've read like over 30 books about Julius Caesar alone in the past about seven months. And so I, I constantly read. Like right now I'm reading a colonial Latin American history book. Now I'm going to be starting again on another torture history book. And then I'm starting to do an African history book up up until 1850 and reading more and more and trying to get into different, I mean, parts of the world in history, because I feel bad because I feel like so much of it is from AP classes or from stuff that I feel like is sometimes Eurocentric. And I do want to actually go more into other regions, but I have to read and make sure I'm actually informed about it before I go. So I'm like constantly reading now. And I guess that's really how I get a lot of my stuff is I kind of soak up from books. Why Julius Caesar? Why is he your favorite? I actually didn't know much about him until I read the Shakespeare play, Julius Caesar. I was on a Shakespeare binge for a while. And 
I fell in love with him from that play. And then I started reading just multiple Julius Caesar books after and over and over. And then I finally just, he's just kind of like a wild figure. And I think a lot of people kind of look past it because most people know about like, just his assassination, the Ides of March and stuff. But he overall was just this like, he was a very interesting character who was okay. so egotistical that like, <laughs> it was it's fun to read about just about how many weird things he could get himself into and have his ego just make it even funnier. Can you tell us about the the leopard giraffe? No, what did you call it? Yeah, <laughs> the camel leopard. Yeah, camel leopard. So Julius Caesar loved bringing animals into Rome, uh, elephants, and he eventually, when he went to Alexandria, Egypt, after hooking up with the twenty one year old Cleopatra, um, he ended up bringing back a giraffe, and he was like amazed by it so much. He went to lo- a lot of gladiator games, went on and killed a bunch of animals, but he wouldn't allow the camel leopard, the giraffe, to be killed. He was so amazed by it. He was like, it's a leopard and it's a camel. It's basically a mix of both of them. And so he was just like, we have to preserve him. We can't kill them. The first, I think, instance of killing a giraffe is much later, almost 100 years later. And I cannot remember which exact emperor did it. But I remember reading, I was like, why was he so obsessed with his giraffe? But it's interesting because his last name, Caesar, actually translates to elephant killer. Because his ancestor was one of someone who fought. Wow, I can't think of it. Out, God, yeah. it'll pop up. It'll eventually. <laughs> hey, you just you dropped you so many nuggets right there. Too much in my <laughs> mind sometimes. Hey, don't you know. even worry about that. You just informed uh, a lot of us. <laughs> you oh, just God. really schooled a lot of us. And to go back to your point about the the giraffe, camel, leopards, was that that Rome used to kill animals, and they wouldn't allow him to kill that, or he wouldn't allow them to kill that one. I, I learned something from watching that. I was very amazed. Is there any way that you that you prepare for these videos, or do you use a technique, a teaching technique? Because it looks like from the way you deliver instruction that is masterful. I'm not gonna lie. I was very impressed with someone as young as you giving out knowledge the way you do and the masterful way in which you draw people in because you only have about 60 seconds on TikTok. You draw them in, you give them information. And by the end of it, you've learned something. How do you do that? A lot of it is getting facts from books and reading over and over and over again to make sure I'm fluent in it. Because a lot of times I feel like pronunciation gets an issue. So I often also am spending time on Google, like how to pronounce blank. So I'm always trying to make sure I pronounce everything right. And then, um, but I really just study what I have. Sometimes I have notes, not the most, so I haven't done that in a while. Some of my older ones have a little bit of notes where I'm staring at notes by a camera, but not so much anymore. I kind of take screenshots, like right now, my entire camera roll is just screenshots from currently my colonial Latin American history book. Where it's like, oh, here's some fun facts that I want to make sure I'm doing a video. And I'm going to have to read over this page 15 times before I actually say anything because I'm going to be like, have words memorized, have, I guess, pronunciation memorized. So a lot of it is making sure. And then there's some videos where I'm like, I know this so well that I don't need any help with it. Like anything with Julius Caesar, I've read so many times that it is something I can recite probably when I'm sleeping. It's so bad. Uh, I I used to do it to my teachers, go up into the class and try to recite how many Julius Caesar facts and stories I knew. <laughs> yeah. Same with a lot of other things that's a really easy for me is anything with the Holocaust is really easy for me because it's something I've been specialized for a long time in. Yes. Usually Roma history and Jewish history are really easy for me, something I've worked with a lot. But a lot of it, when it's something new like this, like the colonial Latin American history, I have been like reading it over again, making sure I have everything correct because I don't want to make a mistake at all. My biggest thing is making sure I don't have a mistake and I have a source to back me up in everything. Something that I noticed, another thing that I appreciated 
is when you just spoke about a little bit, you talked about the Eurocentric view of history. And we get a lot of that in the American school system. And when I was looking through your TikToks to see what I was going to talk to you about, something that struck my eye was that you were talking about the African Jew. I didn't even know about those until I was in my 40s. Awakening that that we all are going through in the American educational system, just in America, period. Like those conversations mm-hmm. are actually being had in my home. And so we're talking a lot about um, just cultures that have been probably not talked about in a public space. I, again, I, I didn't know about it. What interests you to expand your worldview at such a young age? I think a big thing was that when I went to a lot of history classes, I didn't have a lot of my culture represented. And I feel bad when other people didn't. With my family being, I mean, I went to Europe, AP European history. And I sat in that class and I loved it. But at the same time, a lot of my family comes from Eastern Europe. I mean, my entire family comes from Eastern Europe, being Roma, being uh, Polish and stuff. And there wasn't a second, like a drop of Eastern Europe, not even besides maybe Russia. And so I always felt like kind of not like even represented in a European history class. And even Roma history always usually gets like completely left out because most people just know us by like the word gypsy and just kind of forget about us. They think of thieves and stuff. And so I always was like, we never get talked about. And I was like, but think about even groups that have it a lot worse than us. I mean, at least you hear about the invasion of Poland, I mean, in World War II, at least you hear that. But I mean, think about groups that never get any talking. Think about like Kazakhstan and Central Asia. And I've always wanted to do more with Central Asia. And I wanted to do more with East, like Southeastern Asia. How many times do you get to hear about, you know, Taiwan? Like you don't get to hear about so many countries. And pretty much the entire continent of Africa. You might hear about Egypt sometimes. You might hear about South Africa. And that's, it's not like anything compared to even so much of Western Europe. Everyone knows all, has to know all the kings and queens of England and of France. But like, when are we going to learn anything about, I mean, West Africa has so much culture and history that we don't get to talk about all the Songhai Empire. And I just, I've always felt bad that my own family didn't get that kind of representation of, uh, and that like the Roma history and stuff. So why don't I be able to expand my worldview and bring history to kids who didn't also have that in their history classes? Yeah, I, I really appreciate your worldview talking about it. And my daughter right now is in high school. And as we talk about certain things, especially like the, the worldview of history, it's good that someone your age uh, who looks younger than me <laughs> is able to Just deliver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> able to deliver uh, what I'm trying to get across to her. So I really appreciate it. What does your fans say about the way you present your information? It all depends on like the type of video. Sometimes they say I'm a little too loud and a little too obnoxious. I, I get that one a lot. They're like, why are you screaming at the camera? And I'm like, you know what? I found out if you yell at the camera, that gets views. And I don't understand why. Wow. Like I did this one video. Passion. Yeah. I was like, I did this one video about Roman sleep schedule. And the entire time I'm like, so the Romans slept in, the t- in two shifts. And they're like, why are you yelling at me? I'm feeling attacked. And I was like, but you know what? People like that. And then I remember doing softer videos and they're like, ASMR time. And I'm like, no, wow. no. So it, it really depends. I get either really good feedback and I get, I guess, weird feedback sometimes, but I mean, I guess I like doing it more than presenting it more than I used to do it with memes and stuff. I think more people understand it better if I do a lesson than doing a meme sometimes because and also doing a lesson makes is I'm able to like expand it more because obviously I'm not going to do a meme thing about something awful like 
like, I'm not going to meme the Holocaust. That's awful. But if I talk about it in a respectful manner, then at least I can expand like more of my audience and what more I can talk about. So I've been trying to, I guess I kind of just work with the talking now, even though I used to get so many, so many comments saying lisp, 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 lisp. And I used to get so annoyed and insecure about it. I was like, do I really have a lisp? I was like, I wouldn't present in class. I remember going to my IB English teacher for my senior year and I was like, they made fun of me for having a lisp. And she's like, we, you have a presentation. And I was like, but I'm so scared. <laughs> I have a lisp and everyone's going to laugh at me because what TikTok says. So I guess, but I've been a lot better with it now. Now I don't even care about those comments, really. I think I might have banned the word lisp from my account, though. Well, I, think I, filtered, <laughs> I filtered that one out. I was like, no one's going to say the word lisp on my account ever again. <laughs> you got over a half a million followers. So somebody likes what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's sad that people have to be so silly about thing is, is that you're so amazing at what you do. They want to try to bring you down in whatever way they can. But because sometimes that's what happens when you're great, when you are great and you're naturally great, people get intimidated and they just try to find anything that will stick. So I'm very glad that you cut out lisp. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm like, no more of that word. Yeah, cut, cut out lisp. I want to thank you for taking the time to be on our show today. Is there anything, any project that you're doing right now that you want to um, let teachers know about? I can't say much yet because I'm a little bit under a contract for something. Okay. But there is going to be something great for in October. So I do, maybe hopefully everyone will keep up with my account, Instagram or TikTok, because there will be something really cool that I hope people will check out in October. So you need to give us your TikTok handle, your Instagram handle, if you can just say it on the show so we can have some of our teachers follow you. Okay. My TikTok handle is Slavic Caesar, no space or anything, just Slavic Caesar. And my Instagram is also Slavic Caesar, no space or anything. And my Twitter is Slavic Caesar too, even though that has a little less on my TikTok, more of Instagram and uh, TikTok are the best ways to I guess, communicate with me. Gotcha. Gotcha. And we don't want any weirdos communicating with you. <laughs> we only want history yeah, buffs. Okay. We don't want the weirdos. No worries. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> no uh, one's <laughs> with all this online learning. I have a feeling teachers are going to be going there to check out. Oh, how do we, how do we engage our kids? Well, let's check this out. <laughs> I know I am. I know I'm going to yeah. be sharing out. <laughs> yeah. Um, your stuff is very interesting. Again, uh, Brooke, I want to just thank you for taking the time to um, work with us and just thank you for what you do. I really think that you have a great talent for teaching and I appreciate um, the way you deliver. Um, I think you're engaging and I just, I can't wait to see what you, what you do. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Yes. Yes. No problem. Thank you. It was, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And I, all I can help, all I can think is, is if you're going on to get your doctorate, you need to teach at the university level online because they need, they need support in that area. (laughs) <laughs> so keep that in your mind do online i got you, if you, can. <laughs> I got you. okay flipboard edu podcast is a great resource for teachers students and administrators it's time for flip tips and today's flip tip is brought to you by my home girl terry porter and her blog on medium.com entitled your Flipboard Magazine cover is a front door. The cover of your Flipboard Magazine is a way into your content. So just like someone selling a home wants a pretty front door to encourage people to come inside of their house and look around, 
you want a compelling Flipboard magazine cover that will have people flipping your content. The cover is a focal point of your magazine, and just like the first five minutes of a good lesson, an engaging Flipboard magazine cover is your hook. You can read more about Terry's article on her blog on medium.com and flip also into our Flipboard EDU podcast magazine. Thanks, Terry. Subscribe to our Flipboard EDU podcast magazine. Flipboard fam, thank you for listening to our episode. I want to give a special shout out to Brooke Pavick. Thank you for coming through. And your amazing channel on TikTok is filled with a whole bunch of great history lessons. I also want to thank the incomparable Stacey Boudry and Dr. Michael Milstead, who couldn't be with us this evening because he was at the funeral of Senator John Lewis. Next week's episode, we will have special guests that will be discussing how we'll be going back to school in the fall. Thank you, Flipboard fam.